Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including the NFL, Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, combat sports like MMA and boxing, esports like video games, obviously, and even golf. Winner Live Tour, PGA, probably both. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B L E A V 50, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Believe in Falcons. I am your host, Will McFadden. I am joined, as always, this season by former Falcons fullback, Ovi Mahaley. Ovi, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Had a good time at the game. Enjoyed uh, going to my first regular season's Falcons game in 2022 until the ending, but uh, it it was a good experience. No, no, it wasn't. You lie. Don't lie to everybody, no, I, Obi. It's well, the very I mean, first it, podcast. It was good experience until the end. Uh, um, I had a chance to do the Home Depot backyard, and I was with my boy Michael Turner. We were uh, introducing the uh, what do you call them? Uh, the the uh, cheerleaders, the drumline squad. The uh, there's a breakdance crew. It was uh, pretty pretty exciting, and so it was just cool to be out there with the uh, the fans and the tailgaters. And then uh, Falcon took me up, got me uh, seats in uh, row one A, like right there we were, we were behind the saints though so we got, got to heckle them a little bit so i was out there with a buddy of mine so i'm like yeah, all right they sometimes will be like eight nine ten rows up first row uh like trey young was right beneath me i'm like this is oh hell yeah nice and we were winning <laughs> this is this is good you know uh they, they changed up the rules so we were in the uh the the area we were in everything was free i'm like wait 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 everything's free really the pizza the hot dogs the the burgers the ice the donuts I'm like, yeah, Falcons, Falcons hooked me up. So I, I enjoyed myself thoroughly until the end. Well, I have so many different ways that I want to take that. But for the sake of time, we're, we're not going to go with uh, the free food that you got that I didn't get. The, uh, the yes. break dancing that I assume that you did at some point today. Um, but we're here to talk about a devastating, honestly, a, a really devastating week one loss. And... I say that as somebody who really did not have the highest of expectations for this team in this opening game, because I thought the Saints, you know, were a pretty good team coming into the year. Yep. That being said, the uh, the Falcons dominated all the way until they didn't, and they end up losing 27-26 at home to uh, the rival New Orleans Saints. Uh, Will Lutz hit a 51-yard field goal with 19 seconds left in the game, and that proved to be the difference. Ovi, what was, take me through beat by beat, the crowd today from, from kind of beginning to end as best you can. Yes. Yeah, so uh, we started out kind of uh, lacking because I guess people were tailgating their butts off and we're having a good time. Um, <laughs> Saints fans more than us. Cause I said, you know what? We may, we have a pretty good showing. And uh, 
it was a couple seats that were unfilled, but maybe by mid first quarter and the first quarter, everybody was there. And it was a really good um, crowd. And, you know, compared to I was at from the preseason game with the family, uh, the last one or the only home game. Yeah. And I was like, we got to do better than this. And, and we <laughs> did a lot better. We did a whole did you, lot better. Did you see the Saints banner before the game? Michael Rothstein tweeted out a picture of the Saints had like a huge. It took up basically from the first couple of rows of the bottom section, kind of like all the way up to the start of the second um, level. And it was just a big Saints uh, Saints banner. Did you see that at all? I did not. But I, I don't put it past them. I'm surprised they have something bigger. <laughs> Uh, I, I guess I was too too close to the action, but no, the Saints fans were, were raucous. Uh, I, I'll tell you that uh, it wasn't as bad as the uh, twenty eight three uh, infamous Falcons uh, debacle, of but course. for the for, for the Saints, it was like a, a top five debacle to to start the season to be the Saints to be up, you know, at least uh, two touchdowns, two scores, and mm-hmm. we were just riding high, and and we I say it's similar to the. 23 was a debacle because we were giving it to our Falcons fans were throwing it in the Saints face. We got y'all. <laughs> we going to do this. And I wasn't at the Super Bowl when that thing happened, but you know, I heard stories. And so I saw it unfolding. I was even getting a little bit of it myself, but I, I kind of knew better. So one of the uh, uh, doctors I work with, uh, Dr. Dr. Eddie, he was, he's a big Saints fan. So he's from New Orleans, practices mm. in Atlanta. So he was texting me every second talking about, I can't believe this. What's Seamus doing? He's missing easy balls. You guys might actually win this. I said, Doc, it's looking pretty good. I didn't go all the way in. I knew the Falcons have a high chance of falconing. And uh, I, I was right. The, the tables turned. Tate's fans were getting into our faces. I'm surprised I didn't see any fights there because it was getting real, real uh, personal in some of the conversations that were being had. And they, they weren't PG conversations. Oh, no, I'm sure not. At what point in the fourth quarter, I'm curious, kind of like during, because the Falcons, right, they're, they're down in the red zone. We're going to get into all of this in much greater detail, and this is kind of the last setup question I'll ask. Um, but at what point did that kind of scary feeling start to sink in in the crowd in the fourth quarter? Um, after we, uh, we were up, I remember telling my, my, my guy, uh, Dr. Eddie, like, like it was, like it was yesterday, I was like, you know what? We're in a good place. We're, they need two touchdowns and two two-point conversions just to tie us. And the mm-hmm. odds of them doing that are really small. And they proceeded to get that first touchdown and that first two-point conversion. Everyone's face just dropped. And okay. we all had that here-we-go-again type of feeling. And we're like, this is a continuation from last year. And it, uh, I'm like, no, no, it's a different Falcons team, different group. We got Marcus Mariota, and he's going to <laughs> find a way to use his legs and save us from, you know, certain doom. And it just, it just didn't happen. And the here we go again stench is so thick around that Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And I don't know why we're so upset because we kind of expected. I mean, the talking heads picked us to win two games this season, so the chance supposed to be the Saints. For any normal, you know, non-Falcon, believe through whatever person was slim, slim to none. So right. I, I, I don't know why we got, I actually didn't know why we got excited because we showed up in a big way. We acted like they were all crazy. We're going to show them. And that's not the Falcons team that's actually going to play. And so I started, started to believe the hype. 
And they, uh, yeah, they made us pay for believing that hype. Got us all by the hearts. They crushed it. Ovi, it's year two. Year two of our podcast. It's year two of me saying, don't ever believe the hype. Um, they got you again. <laughs> <laughs> they sure did, man. They sure did because I don't know. I, it, it's hard but being there, not even watch on TV, being there, you saw something different in, in the first mm. half. You saw that, you know, that pep in their step. You saw when Cordero, Cordero Patterson was running the ball, his high steps, knees, like a piston going to the ground so quick, so fast. Yeah. Marcus was hitting them uh, passes to Drake London. Like it was, it was beautiful. Like, it, I almost cried. I almost teared up in, in my left eye when I saw how focused and how organized the Falcons were. Don't get me started on the defense. I don't want to, you know, steal your your thunder, but that defense was was amazing. Watching yeah. my, my my African brother Ebikadi get some, and you watch Grady Jerry, Grady Jared. I'm like, this is our time. We're setting. Yeah, again, we're not going to the Super Bowl, but we, I, right. for a second, I think like, like, we might be a playoff team. I think mm-hmm. we might for real be a playoff team. The first half, I was like, yo. We're so much better than people think. We're definitely going to the playoffs. We're definitely going to the playoffs. And then we, uh, you know, fold in. I mean, it, the, so each, each time that we talk about a game after each game, we're going to kind of start with the overview. And, I, you know, I'm going to call it the OV view. So we're just going to get that out of the way. I'm going to make a pun. It's going to be the OV view. Um, like so that's, that's your thought. I'm glad that you were at the game specifically for this one, not because of the outcome, but just because you were able to relay that experience. My my big takeaway and something that I have not been able to not think about after the game is, you know, coming into this game, coming into the year, I I have viewed success as not necessarily the win-loss record, but more how they perform specifically against the better teams in this league. And I really think that there's a chance that they win less games this year, but we feel better about them going into 23 than we did last year coming into this year. And I still think that that is totally possible. I still think that that should be the goal. After this game, Arthur Smith and the players, you know, said pretty much to a T, just one of 17. You know, they all count the same at the end of the day. They're, they're moving the, on. They're, they're turning the page. All of that good stuff. That's all yes. completely true. All of those things yeah. are, are true. They're all true. However, when, when should we expect things to be different or when should we believe that things are actually going to be different when the same results keep happening and yes these are different players i'm not blaming the the different players for the sins of the past i'm not blaming arthur smith and harry fondo for you know 2019 and 2020 all of those were different people however these are the same fans that it's happening to and i i think that just because that's not the reality for the men in that locker room right now they need to have a sense that it is the reality for the players or for the people that you want to show up to be in those seats on Sundays. And this one hurts because it's yep. not, it's not just the Falcons lose. It's like you said, they were dominating. They were yep. dominating through three Back quarters. Hard. They were one of the best teams in the league for the first yep. three quarters today. Yep. And Absolutely. in the span of 12 minutes, you went from absolutely saying, you know, horrible things to, to, to our, our neighbors uh, to the West for three quarters to what is happening and how, how cursed are we and how did we get this way? And so yep. the, the people that I feel the worst for aren't people like me 
who expected a loss today, but it's the ones who are probably the more sincere, faithful fans who expected kind of in their heart of hearts to to win, maybe because of blind optimism or just because mm-hmm. they, they just can't quit these Falcons and they love them with all their heart. <laughs> and they were going to be able to, to absolutely brag to the jerks like me. And they would have been right. And I would have been like, good on you. You, you stuck by when, when I wavered and I feel most horrible for those people because to them, it's probably even more gut wrenching than it is to me because I am filled with cynicism. But <laughs> at, at what point, at what point is it actually going to be different? And when are we going to stop hearing the same old, you know, a player two here and we're talking about a different ball game and, and it's the same thing kind of over and over again. It's a broken record, man. It's, it's, it's a broken record and it's a broken record that brings tears to real Falcons fans eyes. And I, I had a chance to uh, walk through four or five rows of what they call super fans. I guess they, they pay a lot to be in the home people backyard. And mm-hmm. uh, me and my, Michael Turner were walking by and these fans were rabid. Like they were so <laughs> I, 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 it's funny. we had, we had uh, not one, not two, not three or four. We had seven security people. Uh, me and Mike were in better shape than some of them. I, I didn't know. I was like, Mike, who, who's he protecting? He's not going to protect anybody. I was like, yeah, he, he's not protecting anybody. Uh, but it was it was cute. We had a nice little old lady who was our security as well. As I, I, we were saying that, hey, if they they come at us. I expect you to to do some you know karate kung fu and you know chop them in the neck. She's like, I got you, dearie. I got you. It was it was hilarious. But <laughs> these fans were were so excited for the game. And they yeah. had unwavering faith, and, and the, yep. the rise ups I can tell were coming from from the gut. Uh, it was coming from the heart. That the the rise ups they were giving us and beat the Saints, beat the Aints. They had no idea that we were going to do what we did today. They mm-hmm. had you know complete trust that the off season, the training camp, all the speeches the coaches have given, uh, the players showing their workout videos. You know, the preseason, uh, uh, you know, do- not dominance, but we, we had a pretty good looking preseason compared to preseasons of the past. Yeah. It's like, you know what? We're going to win. Forget that two or whatever record people are saying we have being right. the worst, you know, team in the NFL. We're going to freaking win. And they, uh, I feel, you're right. I feel the worst for them because um, I, I saw the people crying. And mm. uh, I, I haven't seen that since. Uh, Either the Bulldogs lost uh, in the in the Georgia Dome, or you know when the Falcons lost that at Super Bowl twenty three, people were crying. It, it, it felt bad. They were trying to hold back tears, wipe in their head. One guy just sat there. Uh, guy next to us had a towel over his head, just sat there. That's like, all right, it's all right, boss. It's, it's you know, it's all good. Um, Falcons have got to do better. I, I I joked before about you know get a draft pick and not want to do it. Let's be good. Let's not be right there in the middle. But we, we, we got to find a way to mentally pull together. A lot of it was mental. I, again, a stupid mental mistakes. You know, Marcus trying to scramble and, and not getting down, sliding feet first. Even if you go ahead first, go for the ground. You know, uh, having some of our defense just not focused when they have interceptions right in their hands. All the holding penalties. Mental. Yes. It's a, it sounds cliche, but it's cliche for reason. It's the little things. And you, you talk about, you preach the little things about details, about finish. It's about, you know, uh, uh, production, but you don't do it. Saying stuff is easy. Saying catchphrases is really easy, but making it a reality and something that you're held accountable to is hard. And the Falcons aren't there yet.
they're definitely not there yet. But on the flip side of the coin, you know, they they did look so good for most of this game. And and that is where part of me does want to for for as much as this particular feeling sucks and it's it's ripping off a a wound in the most painful part of your soul. We we should not overreact to this because they looked like a much better team than I think any of us expected for most of this game against, again, I think a pretty good Saints team. And they kind of shut down some of the Saints' best players. Alvin Kamara did not really have a big impact on this game. Mario Davis did not really have a huge impact on this game. Marshawn Lattimore, you know, a couple penalties, he was okay. But the Falcons kind of did what they wanted to do for most of the afternoon. But let's start on the defensive side of the ball. Um, the first half, maybe the best half of defensive football we've seen from Atlanta outside of one big play by Taysom Hill in a long time outside. So Taysom Hill on two runs in that, on that one drive had, he had 68 yards outside of that. The saints had 38 rushing yards for the rest of the first half. And they had negative two passing yards. What was it like in person seeing, you know, the, the cohesive style of defense that they were playing. And then on top of that, they were able to get to the quarterback a whole heck of a lot in that first half. It was exciting. I'll tell you, it was really exciting because, you know, having a chance to see all those jerseys, all all those red and black jerseys swarm around the the Saints white jersey. It was exciting. These guys, like a pack of wild dogs, they they were doing (laughs) anything and everything to to get to the quarterback. They were uh, defending like these amazing defenses, getting a hand in here, you know, running the, the wide receivers route for him, being able to communication was crazy. You saw all of them, you know, hand signals, throwing their hands up, looking and pointing. They were all working together. And it, you haven't, you mentioned it. Defense hasn't looked that good in Atlanta in a long, long time. As far as the first half goes, the Monitha, a Taysom Hill, uh, two runs. But it, it gives you some hope uh, as ang- there's so much positive to take from this and to, to give you hope for the next game. So uh, the, the defense was, was exciting, man, especially the sacks were, were dead mm-hmm. last almost every year in sacks. And <laughs> the way we're going, like, like we're, we're set up to have more sacks in the next couple of games than we had all <laughs> last year. And we keep up you know, the pace we're at. So I, I love the way we're moving on defense and just hope that we can find a way to, encapsulate that first half and just replicate it or duplicate it for the games coming forward. Yeah, the sacks were huge. And I mean, notably, we'll get to this a little bit later, but they've got a Rams offense that definitely struggled um, against the Bills pass rush in uh, the opener there. So maybe this could be a little bit of a trend. Arnold Levicati getting his first career sack was awesome to see. I know you didn't hear this, but uh, for those of you who watch the broadcast, just some real, real horrible uh mispronunciations by Marv Albert and uh, the Saints longtime linebacker Jonathan Vilma. There we go. Thank you very much. Uh, he called Arnold Ebikady, uh Arnold Abekady. So you, could, oh, you wow. could definitely tell. I know. I was like, wow, that's a that's a big miss there. Uh, Jonathan How do you Vilma. do that? Because here, I, <laughs> I, I did two, three years, two and a half years of ACC network uh, color commentating for you know, UPA, Louisville, UNC, Wake Forest, whole thing. Yeah. And my thing, because my name gets mispronounced so many times, I would go and ask them the hardest names. You go to the opposing team's uh, uh, coach, or they usually have a player personnel person, and you have them phonetically sounded out. 
you have it right there yeah. on paper yeah. in front of you. How do you mess mm-hmm. that up? You know I it's coming. Know. You know it's coming. Yeah. <laughs> that should I, be I, the first time you see this last name. But, uh, they, they, they also pronounce Parker Hesse's last name, Parker Hess. Just no no E at mm. the end of it, just Parker. Mm. So it was real, you know, it's week one for everybody, Ovi. Um, true, but, true. And Jonathan Bilma, me and him used to bang heads a lot of times. So I, I may have given him a concussion or two. So it's not his fault. You know, we we, we hit a lot and he's probably still hurting or, or, or not. Maybe I'm just... That's, no, that's that's real. Good. That's real big of you, Ovi. I think um, you know <laughs> your stand up stand up guy to accept all, um, yeah. hold each other yes. accountable, right? So, so exactly, I, I commend you. Um, what happened to the defense in the fourth quarter? Defense uh, got tired. Uh, I was there live and in person, and looking at what the camera may not be seeing in between plays because these guys had not to call people out, but you know, big big uh, big rush was had his hands on his hips and even dropped down to his knees, hands to his knees one time and Grady slapped him, you know, on the side, said, Hey man, get up, get up. You know, let's you can't show weakness from thinking he's safe. And uh, you know, his head moving around, but these guys were tired. Yeah. And I, I get why, because the second half, especially the first fourth quarter, James is moving the ball up and down and he was doing pretty much what he wanted to. So I think not just the linemen, the DBs too were, were out of place uh, where earlier in the game they were running the routes for these receivers. They get the hand of the ball. They were tired. Uh, they were really tired. And uh, I hate to think that conditioning wasn't something that was focused on in the offseason. I, I wonder if um, conditioning, because Arthur Smith and his staff did a decent job, I think, of getting these guys pretty well conditioned. Now, obviously, it didn't play the starters much in the preseason. And typically, players got to play themselves into midseason form. That's kind of why it's called midseason form. It's just a little bit, I don't know, you know, it's it's a little bit concerning, I think, to see a team just fall off the cliff that much, right? Like, there, there's only 12 minutes left in the game at that point. And, yep. they, you know, they, they did make a stop. They made the final stop, which would be the two-point conversion. But then... The offense couldn't get their part done when they needed to, which put it back on the defense. And and then they couldn't, you know, even keep the the great field position that the Falcons had tried to earn on on the the reason they punted was right to pin them down, make them drive the whole length of the field. Well, the yep. Falcons let them drive the whole length of the field. And, you know, I, I I hate to always question play calls and and things like that, but it definitely did look to my eye like they did get into more zone looks, particularly on that first touchdown drive. By the Saints, uh, that four for four where they just marched it right down the field looked like a lot of zone, um, less kind of just man coverage. We're blitzing, we're getting after Jameis. They did kind of get back to that a little bit, but it was just too late in my opinion, and and they couldn't recapture um, the magic that they had for most of the game. But the defense, I think, exceeded my expectations. I expect AJ Terrell to bounce back from kind of his two touchdowns. I expect them to learn from this. It's a great teaching moment, but by and large. I think the defense exceeded my expectations. But what do you think about the offense? In Marcus Mariota's debut, I thought he looked certainly capable. I think his athleticism gives the offense uh, a wrinkle that it certainly has not had in a while, and it keeps them on schedule, which I think is going to be massively important for this offense. But what was your takeaway from that side of the ball? Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Uh, I I was raving uh, about Marcus to anyone who would listen, any Falcons fans that was there high-fiving, talking about this guy's going to be good. This guy's going to be special. If you can get a quarterback to, to be a Joe Flacco, and yeah, I don't think Marcus is good as Joe Flacco, but uh, Flacco wasn't a 
Tom Brady every single play like Tom Brady is. Flacco had his times, but he was more of a manager of a game. And he's better than Flacco because he, he can actually run. He can move the ball. He can, you know, find ways to, uh, like you talked about, keep us on schedule or ahead of schedule mm-hmm. and get those first downs. But that, that's something that we haven't had in, in forever since, since Michael Vick, to be, to be honest. And so <laughs> now that we have somebody who can complete passes, take the yards when they're there, be able to, you know, make good decisions for the most part until the fourth quarter, uh, before the fourth quarter, I think we got something special. And I'm, I'm still, I don't want him to do so bad that Ritter comes in, but I, I do want to see Desmond Ritter. I, I'm, I'm just chomping at the bit to see Ritter in a live game, but mm-hmm. there's no reason to put Ritter in there because Marcus did so well the first couple quarters. And if he can kind of, again, recapture that and just build on that, we can be a playoff team. And I, it's how, I feel like this is deja vu. I, I feel like I said this foolishness last year where I got so excited about the first game because no one had any expectations for the team. But um, I'm sorry. We look better than we did in the first game of last year. I don't know who we played last year. Uh, it was, it was I, Philly. I, it was that Jalen Mayfield gave up like six sacks in that game. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Second game, it, though, it, I think, was was better against Tampa. Yeah, yeah. Uh, our defense hasn't played like this last year or the year before or the year before. So having the defense be something that we can kind of solidify and having our offense be capable. I mean, what? Cordero Patterson had a uh, hundred yards, right? I yeah, he had he 120 yards, a career high 120 yards on a career high 22 carries. I mean, he he was the best player out on the field. Uh, I mean, I'm so glad that you were there to see this because did it look like he ran as hard as he did on on television? Because it looked like even though he was taking the ball four yards behind the line of scrimmage, like he had a 20 yard head start as a kick returner when he hit that. Yep. Ball. Yep. Oh. Explosive was the middle yes. name. Like his legs were driving so. I don't know if he was doing yoga, Pilates, but his <laughs> legs were going so high. He was sitting he on the sidelines. So he wasn't doing force. anything. Oh, he, he was doing something. He was coming so fast at that hole and hitting that hole so hard that ooh, it if he just found a little bit more daylight in a couple instances, would have been gone. Just like a kickoff return. Yeah, that's a great uh, um, um, uh, example or metaphor. Because it looked like he was going to be shot off a cannon when he hit that line of scrimmage. I loved for a while. I loved how the offensive line was blocking. Yeah, I was noticing what people don't notice that the offensive line is a good game. It, it ain't just Cordero Patterson. The old line is doing their thing. Yep. And you know, for for the most part, uh, did did, did uh, Mar get sacked once? No, he, Mar- Marcus Mariota did not get sacked. Uh, that's amazing. Yep. I mean, imagine that. The, 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 the team that has the, the had the most sacked quarterback in the league year after year, I know it helps that Marcus is, is uh, uh, more mobile, but still being able to protect somebody, I, I got to say, you know, hats off to the O-line. Uh, Cordero Patterson didn't get that uh, 120 yards by himself. A lot, a lot of that was second effort. A lot of that was you choose the right hole, but movement happened too. It gets a, a pretty good defensive line for the Saints. Those guys were big. Those those guys aren't, aren't pushovers. They're not playing the the Jaguars or some, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Rudy Pooh team. Like this is a team that, that is going to compete this year. And we played well on the O line and the offensive line. I, I just think it's, it's about finishing. 100%. And Arthur Smith said that that was kind of the thing that he really wanted to see from his team was to win in the trenches against a, you know, a defensive line that a lot of people 
you know, we're already kind of writing is the second coming of the 85 bears is how Arthur Smith put it. Um, you know, obviously we weren't saying that about them. That is coach hyperbole, but I did think that the defensive line would get the better of Atlanta's offensive line. And they definitely did not, which if, if we're ranking kind of the best takeaways from today, that's got to be way high up there because that I, both Marcus Mariota and a better offensive line for Atlanta gives this offense just a much higher floor. And I still don't think they have the highest ceiling in the world yet, but a high floor coupled, coupled with a defensive performance like today, that can win you a lot of ball games in this league. And I, I do think that for as negative as we were to start, and ultimately, I, I do think that this should not be looked at as a good loss. This is a bad loss for every single reason that we have talked about. But there yep. are some silver linings and some very big silver linings. Um, Drake London, let's talk about him real quick. His debut, I think he was a, a big silver lining. He led the Falcons um, in receiving 74 yards, made a couple of huge catches throughout the game. What do you think of him out there? I was happy to see Drake do his thing because he 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 wasn't he wasn't doing a lot the first uh it took a while to get going. Like we we saw Cordero Patterson, we saw Marcus throw some good uh, uh, catches. I was like, didn't we draft somebody really high in the first round for USC? Oh, there he <laughs> is. Okay, okay, there he is. So it, once he showed up, uh, he showed up in a pretty big way, and you got to see some of his physicality, you got to see some of his speed and you know, his route running ability, he got, he missed a couple of them that I feel like he should have caught, but it's, it's his first NFL game to, to be his first game. I think he did well. Completely agree. He, you know, he was the engine for this offense when it was not Cordell Patterson, um, which leads me to, it's kind of my final little point here about the offense. What concerns you more moving forward? The Kyle Pitts caught just, two of the seven targets that he saw for 19 yards or, you know, the Marcus Mariota had two key fumbles, only one of which was lost, but both of them were huge in the fourth quarter. Um, I, I'd, I'd say Marcus Kyle Pitts not showing up. doesn't worry me because we all know that Kyle Pitts is, is going to Kyle Pitts. He, yeah. <laughs> the man kind of showed us last year that, that he's that guy. There's so a I'm reason Drake London, London was open. Yes. There you yeah. go. There you go. Absolutely. So I think once we or once Kyle gets into his really not even midseason form, but get into a couple of games in form, he'll be good. I, he shouldn't have to because I want him to not have a sophomore slump. I know that's what people do and that happens, but he doesn't. We can't afford for Kyle Pitts to have a sophomore slump. We need him to actually go off and just build upon the amazing year last year. But we, we all, this doesn't work if Kyle Pitts has a, a bad year. It, it just doesn't work. We need Kyle Pitts to still be Kyle Pitts, Drake London to add on top of that, and Marcus Mariota to create plays. And all offense is going to be dangerous. Yep. I, I think that we saw it was a good start offensively. It was a great start defensively. Um, but the expectation is that this is just, just the beginning. And it was a great beginning, even though they ended up losing. Okay, Ovi, last topic for tonight. Um, let's look ahead quickly to next week. They welcomed the Los Angeles Rams, defending Super Bowl champion who lost, you know, pretty handily in week one to the Buffalo Bills. Real quick uh, overview thoughts on the Falcons heading into next week's matchup. I love it. I love the test <laughs> the Falcons are going to have because the Rams are going to come in stomping mad. And after this loss, because the Saints, 
the Falcons should come in, you know, uh, mad as well and mm-hmm. be willing to have nothing to lose, put it all on the table. Kyle Pitts, Drake London, uh, Jer, Ebicady, everybody goes and says, let's see how good we can be. And I'm excited for that game because I think we might surprise ourselves again. Because if we build on what we had last game or uh, this, this game today, it's going to be good. It's going to be a real good test for us. I think I think you're absolutely right. And I think that the maybe the best thing for the Falcons is a matchup against the defending Super Bowl champions because that is going to be a real quick mental flush. You've got a big boy opponent coming up next. You know, you better have your A game. It's got to be a sharp week of practice. I kind of think that this is going to be a defensive slugfest, which is not something I'm used to saying with the uh, the Falcons. But Matthew Stafford looked a little shaky in his first game. Um, the Rams defense looked absolutely ferocious. So I, I kind of think that this could be another game like today, only I, I expect that the Falcons may not have as much success on offense as they did early on in this one. If they do, who knows? They may be for real. Um, but those are our thoughts on Atlanta's week one loss. Unfortunately, I hate to say loss because all day long, I've been expecting to talk about how I was wrong, how I was a big jerk. I don't know what I'm talking about, but I get to just say, I told you so. And, and that yep. sucks for me and for everybody else. But hopefully I'm wrong next week. Well, we don't know how I'm going to go. But there's always week <laughs> two when the Falcons can bounce back and get in the win column for the first time this season. Uh, and if they do it, you know, we knew this opening stretch was going to be really tough. Any opponent that they beat kind of through the first seven games is going to be a quality win. Falcons should have had one today. They let an opportunity slip by, but I think we saw some real, real positives that should get people excited for the rest of the season. Ovi, before I close this out, any final parting thoughts? Uh, no, uh, I, I want to say for the Falcons fa- fans uh, out there that are the true believers, just hold on. Be patient. I think the best <laughs> is yet to come. All right, man. From your, from your lips to God's ears, uh, let's hope that happens. Today's podcast is presented by Bet Online as always. Thank you guys for tuning in and listening. Uh, stay tuned for later in the week when I will be previewing with a guest the Falcons and Rams matchup. We'll get somebody who covers the Rams to kind of break it all down from the opposing viewpoint. Uh, but two teams that definitely feel like they did not have the weak ones that they wanted to. And it'll be really interesting with a lot of cool storylines, I think, heading into that one. Please let everybody know where they can follow, follow us um, throughout the season which is anywhere they get their podcasts. Uh, Again, thank you all so much for listening. Let's hope that the Falcons can turn it around and get things right back on track in week two. But until then, everyone, take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.